the cloud. Good evening. Today is July 21st, 2021. We are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter step is a vision for you. And our speaker tonight is Terry W. Terry, how would you like your time this evening? Uh, may I have 10 minutes before, please? And you get 20, right? Yes. Okay, hi everyone, I'm Terry W. I'm from Massachusetts and I'm a recovered anorexic bulimic. And it's so nice to see so many familiar faces on this meeting, it's, it's just wonderful. So um, before I get started tonight, I would like to say um, a prayer to get us started. I'd like to say the third step prayer and um, please feel free to say it with me if you want to. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may be a witness to those. I would help up thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. Amen. So I'm really excited to be here, and I'm excited to be um, sharing on a vision for you. You know, I have gone through many of the chapters over and over and over and over, like I don't know how many times, but the vision for you chapter is not one that I'm really familiar with. I don't really review it that often. I do know as when I've read it before, it does offer a lot of hope. So I want to, um, I've never done a deep dive into this chapter. So I think that'd be fun for us to do that today. So um, as we know, the first 164 pages, you know, they're used for God to help us recover. And now we're at the last chapter before all those stories begin. And there's a couple of strong points in this chapter that I do want to really focus on, but the main purpose of this chapter is to emphasize the strength of the program can be found within the fellowship. Um, this is critical and, you know, I will be talking about the fellowship as we go. So I'm one of these research people who want to know everything, the definitions, where it comes from since I was a kid. So um, I want to summarize each of the chapters and be like, why is this chapter here? Um, so we know the doctor's opinion talks about the story of addiction. Bill's story talks about the nature of the disease itself. It, the, there's a solution to spiritual part of the disease. More about alcoholism is a chapter con continues to explain those without religious beliefs can still achieve spiritual experience, spiritual growth. Next chapter, we have Gnostics. It adds insight to the stories. How it works is talks to step one through 12. Into action talks to the 12 steps as well. Um, then there's a few in between, like working with others, wives, the family, after to employers. So I had no idea why the heat plopped a vision for you right there at the end of the trap, at the end of the 164. So it made no sense to me. So a vision for you discusses our life in recovery. This is what the, the, um, the chapter talks about. And this is so important. Um, it starts off by discussing, you know, the world we lived in when we were, we were eating and drinking. Um, one of the quotes in the book says, it was a dark world full of isolation and despair and the world appeared to grow darker with every single drink we took, well, every bite we took. And um, we desperately tried to control our eating, drinking eating, yet failed every time. And I thought about that. And you know how many times I tried to stop binging and purging? You know, hundreds and hundreds of times. Every single night I said, you know what? This, I'm never ever gonna do this again. Tomorrow morning is gonna be so different. So like the allergy of the body and the, the mental twist of the mind, yes. 
Um, but, you know, I kept walking down the same path and I kept falling in that same hole. Like, why wasn't this working? You know, don't people like walk around that hole instead of falling in it? You know, and then the chapter also talks about, you know, how people, they don't tolerate us anymore, you know, and we withdraw from life and society. And, you know, my life within a short time began really to get worse every single day. It was a really sad time in my life. You know, I was in the food. I wouldn't answer the phone. If my friends called, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even acknowledge them on the answer machine. I wouldn't call them back. They knocked on the door. I wouldn't answer it. And I taped plenty of construction paper all over my window so no one could look in and see what I was doing. But you know what? The only thing I focused on was the chatter in my head. You know, and that's, to be honest with you, that's all I really cared about, you know, focused on in the food. So I withdrew from everyone. And as the book calls, you know, it mentions the, the hideous force horsemen. And I said, okay, now, does that apply to me? Probably not, but let me look into that, right? Well, you know what? The four of them are terror, terror bewilderment, frustration, and despair. You know what? I was in constant terror. I had so much fear that food wouldn't come up when I was throwing it up. When I was bulimic, I was going to choke and die. Um, you know, that I'm fat, but, you know the fear that throw up wouldn't come out of my hair, the clothes, the rugs. And when I was anorexic, I was terrified, horrified terror of eating any food. So that applies to me, bewilderment. Yes, I had panic attacks. If I did not eat at a certain time of a binge, I'd have a panic attack. I was distorted, constantly confused. I was dizzy when I went out for a walk when I was anorexic because I didn't eat anything. Um, frustration, yeah, the third one, that's so me, yep. I was always irritated, annoyed, and just disappointed about everything and aggravated. Why don't I have like a normal life? And the fourth one's despair. I was miserable. I had no hope and I could no see any light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but even within this horrific pain, you know, I kept going back to the food, kept going back every day. The food controlled me, the disease controlled me. So on page 152 in the book, it says, in a vision for you, tells us, yes, there's a substitute. Oh, sorry, wait a minute. Oh, sorry. I'm on the wrong thing here. So yes, on page 152, we cannot picture our lives without alcohol. Um, and we know that it's lonely and loneliness is what's gonna happen and we will wish for the end. You know, and I truly, honestly, I were at the gates of hell. No question about that when I was bulimic and my life was absorbed about thinking about food. Every day I would get up at 6 a.m call the bakeries, triple dip those round things. And I want three dozen of them. Six to seven, I would call the different stores to make sure that, you know, they had what I needed. And I would shop until 3 p.m., you know, to every, but more than one supermarket, like three or four supermarkets and convenience stores. And, you know, I spent $130 worth of food. So you can imagine little bags of this, little bags of that. My entire kitchen was filled with massive amounts of food. Things microwaved went ne next to the microwave. Things I had to cook went next to the stove. You know, it was like I was having my own little business here, you know, running my own little business. But um, at four o'clock, this is where I launched it. I ate and I just ate and binged and threw up until 12 midnight nonstop. Midnight came, you know, you're tired from this, exhausted. So, you know, I need to end this. So I put Clorox spray on it, Windex spray and all the food. And I put it in a garbage bag and I brought it outside to the dumpster. About 1230, I went to that dumpster and I took the rest of the food out and I ate it with all the Clorox on it and the Windex on it. Um, I didn't care. You know, nothing stopped me. And I would throw up till 3 a.m. And then because I'm obsessive compulsive behavior person, I had to vacuum the whole house or I couldn't go to sleep. 
I mean, my life was just horrific. It was run by this disease. And, you know, when I first came into OA, you know, they talk about the book, I'm willing, but do I have to live a life that's boring and glum like some of these people I see? And that's exactly what I thought. Like, there's no way I want to live like some of these people, you know, like weighing my food and things like that. So, I mean, how can my life be boring? I mean, in my 20s and 30s, we used to hang out with multimillionaires. We used to take their Lear jets into Florida from Massachusetts every weekend and party. We drove the Corvettes, the Porsches. I mean, my life was like so fun and exciting until my friend Judy taught me how to throw up. I tried to try and I couldn't do it, but one day, you know what? It worked and I did throw up. And I became like a dead person. I'd be walking around like a zombie with my eyes dead and I had no reason for living. You know, I couldn't feel any emotions. I couldn't cry. I couldn't laugh. I couldn't smile. I was numb for about four or five years. And the chapter also brings up the fact that if I gave up the food, what am I going to do with my time? What's the substitute? And after my first, when I first started getting absent, I spent 13 hours a day eating and, and obsessing with food and setting it up. What do I do with 13 hours a day? So I started going shopping and collecting uh, ceramic dolls for like the first two weeks because I didn't know what to do with my time. But as this chapter says, you will find release from care, boredom, and worry. Your imagination will be fired. Uh, life will mean something at last. And the most satisfactory years of your life are just to come. Wow. Is that an amazing promise? So to get a little bit further into the big book, you know, the stories go on. I've talked about Bill in 1935. And this is when he was just six months abstinent. And um, he, I guess he feels from his business deal and he's there with no money and wanted to drink. And there's a bar right next door. So he looks in the bar and everyone's having a great time laughing and all that. But you know what he did? He called the clergyman at a church and asked to know if he knew another alcoholic that he could be with. Um, and that's where he met Bob. Um, and it's so hard to believe that these two started this whole fellowship this way, just out of the two of them. So the story goes on in the chapter, which is, uh, you know, Bill and Bob decide to go to the hospital, help another alcoholic. And that's where they met Bill D. And he was the third member of AA. Um, and over the next three days, I, this is really amazing that they started step one, you know, back that was accepting I couldn't drink normally. Step two, the next day they did that, was admitting my higher power should be able to help me. And the third day they said, I gave my life over to something greater than myself. So within 30 days, thank you, the Bill met Bob. These two created the beginning of a fellowship. So what they learned is what every time they helped another alcoholic, they're helping themselves. And as a result of this, the, um, the sobriety, they, the numbers grew. And they started having meetings in their homes. And um, at 1939, I think, was the first AA group between 60 and 80 alcoholics were at a meeting. And today, I believe worldwide, it's 2 million. So what I loved about A Vision for You is explain some of the ways which the power of fellowship changed our lives. We see ourselves as part of something greater, something beyond our control, yet persuasive in our lives. As part of the fellowship, we are once friends, family, patients, and healers. We give what we receive, and then we give a little more in the fellowship. A vision for you says that we may achieve AA's vision through a combination of prayer, goodwill, and this fellowship. And it says here um, in the chapter... Um, God will consistently disclose more to you and us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. 
but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understood God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship and the spirit and we'll surely meet some of us along the road of happy destiny. So to live this life, you know, we have three things that we really have to follow. We must trust in God, which is steps one through three, clean house, step four to 10, and help others, step 11 to 12. And as long as we continue to practice these fundamentals, the spiritual lifestyle they described in a vision for you can be ours. It's here for the taking of fellowship that we crave. I would not be here today, literally, if it was not for my fellowship. Um, this is not an I program. I want to make that very clear. It's a we program. We do not do this alone. We cannot do this alone. If someone didn't grab my hand at that OA meeting and said, you know, you're going to do what I tell you to do because you're going to die. And I just shut up and I listened and I did what she said. You know, and when I was petrified, I called someone in the fellowship. When I need support, I call someone for the fellowship. And you know what? When I was at the supermarket about to binge on $130 worth of food, I called before I walked into that supermarket. You know, I was embarrassed to call people, but you know what? People want to take your calls and people are there for you. And we are, you know, we're there for each other. But to honest, you know, I really feel because of my situation where I was so interested and so bulimic, this is my purpose in life. God wants me to help others. This is my calling. Um, the fellowship only bonds us together. It's a but it's a requirement too. So we need to talk about that. Because if we go through the 12 steps, right? We're not done. We still have a lot of work to do. And I, I do want to say, if you know, you're new here before I go on and you're struggling, please do not you know, give up until the miracle happens. And we have a famous line in our book that's cool. It says, our book is meant to be, uh, sorry. So our book is meant to be suggestive only. I think I read this before. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do for each day for the sick man. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. CO2 relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. So, you know, what this chapter really said to me is, you know, okay, I finished step 12, steps one through 12 and I'm done, I'm, I'm recovered, right? No. Um, it's not true. We have to work steps 10, 11, 12 every single day. Um, I had a sponsor asked me last month. She said, you're speaking again at a meeting? She says, you've been doing this for 30 years. She goes, why are you speaking again? I said, you know what? If I don't wake up and say my prayers every morning and do my meditation, take my sponsor's calls, make my three calls a day, go to seven meetings a week, share with people, I wouldn't be here today. The fellowship is the most important thing. It holds me together. And the spiritual life that I have today is, is second to none. So what I learned from this chapter is, you know, yes, we come from like the gates of hell, but it's a miracle. And God is out there to try to, you know, us to grab his hand, grab it, you know, just grab it and trust and rely on God because he can do for us what we can't do for ourselves. You know, and I just, I hope that anybody that's new and struggling, please just don't leave. And, um, that's about it I have to share. Thanks. Thank you, Terry. Uh, let me just get the script back up. 
Um, awesome. Um, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and the step being studied this week. We ask that you accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on your phone and the Zoom host will call on the raised hands in order. Uh, would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up? Okay, does anyone have a question? Angela. Hey everyone, I'm Angela, very, very grateful member of OA. Um, and this is just such an incredible meeting. Uh, thank you so much, Terry. I didn't hear the whole thing, but when I came in, I heard what I was supposed to hear, I guess. Um, such courage and, um, you know, yeah, I just, I, I just see such uh, depth of, of recovery in you. Um, yeah, you know, bulimia for me, I, I actually don't have a question, but um, if I could just, you know, uh, share, does it have to be a question? No. Okay. okay, yeah. I guess I'll, you know, I, I can so relate to your story, um, you know, and the cycle of bulimia um, and what a grip it had on me in college. Um, it was just so, it was debilitating. It was all consuming. It was, um, you know, uh, while I stopped a lot of those behaviors of the binging and purging, uh, only because I was gonna lose my eyesight really um, because of the pressure in my eyes, uh, you know, it's it still, I was still addicted to, you know, compulsive behaviors. And so, you know, it just, uh, you know, I love hearing the power of the we in this program. There is no way I could face this disease, dis-ease um, without the we, no way, no way. Um, so I'm just really, really grateful that I heard what I heard tonight. Um, I just keep taking these little gold nuggets from this meeting every time I come and I, and I, and I think about them and I take some notes and it, it just, I, I just, I love this space and it feels like you're my people and, um, and you understand. And this is, um, it's like a, it, you know, it was a deep, dark secret when I came in to OA, uh, the deepest. And, um, and uh, to be able to be real about it and get honest about it and now to be working the steps around it um, and to be working with a sponsor that's not letting me off the hook, that mm -hmm. uh, holding my feet to the fire and uh, saying, we're gonna do this together, you know, that's, um, it, it means the world to me. So anyway, thank you so much, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, Angela. Uh, could we hear from Susan? Thank you, Kelly. Hi, everyone. Susan, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Thank you, Terry, so much. Oh, set my timer. Um, I love the part of the story where, you know, Bill stands the turning point he's crossing a threshold to a bar and we've all heard suddenly I cross the threshold right and that little voice starts to go but he'd made that decision you know 
he knew, we know his story, we know the doctor's opinion, he knew he had a solution. And one of the parts of the solution was he had to help others. It was an absolute must. He had to, or he would die. And the fact that he called apparently around six different places, that just tells me that God was just working through him, just kept on pushing him and pushing him. And, you know, the story goes that Henrietta Silberling said, you know, we've been waiting for you. We've been praying for you because Dr. Bob had been in the Oxford group for a while, but he still couldn't stay stopped. And, you know, he talks about in his story near the end of it on page 180, he says, of far more importance was the fact that he was the first living human with whom I had ever talked, who knew what he was talking about in regard to alcoholism from actual experience. So even though I was morbidly obese and Terry was underweight, we have the experience of the pain we have the experience that these steps have changed our lives because a day at a time we do the work, right? We're not just 164, okay, great. I'm ready to retire or I go up a pay level. I continue to trudge because again, where I went before isn't where I would go this time. Who knows if that would even be a starting point, right? So thank you everyone for being here and I will continue to trudge with all of you. Thank you. Amy B would like to like. Hi, thank you, Kelly. My internet is hanging on by a thread. So I'm hoping I'm gonna be able to share. First of all, thank you, uh, Kelly. Team Wednesday. Um, thank you, everybody doing service. And thank you, especially Terry, for your share tonight. Um, my internet cut in and out. So I'm glad that I will be able to listen to it through again, because I am always struck by your, um, your honesty, your vulnerability, and your commitment to this program, your, your willingness to um, examine um, your, your behaviors with your fellows, um, you, really just the example that you set with regards to, to fellowship and service. I'm just very, very grateful to get to know you and to walk aside you and, um, to study this program with you. Um, really a vision for you is such a, such an impactful chapter because it really does talk about this beautiful life that we get to live and it's not always easy and it's not always the way that we want it to be but um it is it is life on life's terms it is when things go sideways i have people i can trust with whom i can speak i have a program that i can follow and i have a higher power that i can turn to for divine guidance and um that's a pretty beautiful vision I must say. So I'm glad that my internet uh, held out enough for me to share this and say thank you to Terry. I won't push my luck and I will pass. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, everybody. It's so beautiful to see, well, to see you tonight, even from on camera. Bye. So last night, a vision for you. Let's get those hands up.
Well, I can go for another 20 minutes, actually. Um, you know, one thing I want to really point out is that when we talk about fellowship, uh, that day when I mentioned that someone grabbed my hand and pulled me aside and said, you're going to do what I do. Um, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be here today um, because I couldn't believe someone gave a shit about me. No one's ever cared about me before. No one. And here's this woman who doesn't even know me. And she pulls me aside and goes, you know, I'm, I'm going to just do what I tell you to do. I was so impressed that that's why I came into OA, because someone cared about me. And please know that we all care about each other, whether we feel silly or don't feel silly calling about this or that or whether it's important or not. We all care. You know, we really all care. And it's, it's just something, you know, really important to remember. And I have a lot of people calling me like, I don't know what to say when I make a call to someone in fellowship. And I say, you know, a suggestion would be, why don't you have a question? So if you're calling someone, have a question about the chapter you're studying. That's a great idea, right? You know, in the doc's opinion, have a question about it or whatever chapter you're in. But please pick up the phone because we're all here for each other. Thanks. Thank you, Terry. Uh, Victoria. Hi, I'm Victoria. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and insulin manipulator. I feel kind of bad because I shared last night, but I was thinking when I was hearing sort of Kelly's like Bueller, anyone Bueller, you know, I really was like, I, something I've been thinking about because um, I was blessed enough to be able to share on to partners uh, last week. And at the end of to wives, it it's so funny because to wives, it's like, hey, wives, let's, it was, it's a lot of mansplaining, right? Like, it's a lot of like, hey, this is what you should do. But we're not wives, you know, and then at the end, I was reading it and kind of laughing and saying like, okay, what can I take from this? But at the end, it says, it, there's basically this disclaimer of like, you know, if we've overstepped in this explanation of what we think would be best, or in this trying to show these principles, how you can apply them to your life as well, and not just your husband in his recovery, right? There's like this disclaimer of like, okay, this is our suggestion, but we admit there may be things that we don't know. And then I was thinking when Terry read, um, you know, this book is meant to be suggestive only, we admit we know only a little, it made me think about how much knowledge there is in this text. But also we have these people that we are so grateful to, right, that started this program that that have, you know, for almost a hundred years now passed, helped start the passing on of this program that has saved my life, that I know have saved the life of a lot of people in this room and that gratitude, but also the true practice of humility to say, okay, I've written all this, but also I'm not God, right? I'm not, I am not the authority. Connect with your higher, that's, that's how I perceive this, that text, you know, and I, I was thinking, wow, it's it's there and it's at the end of Two Wives. And, you know, it's it's really stark of when we think of when we first meet Bill in the beginning of Bill's story of sort of this know-it-all businessman who's like, I mean, there's some dumb people that made it rich, so I'm sure I could get rich. Why not? Like, let's do it. It's like so ridiculous, <laughs> you know, some of his thoughts of just, yeah, let's just do it. Let's just get rich on stocks. Okay. Um, you know, that atmosphere and that ego, which, which I know I have, um, that then through the promise of recovery and through working this program to say, 
hey, this is what's being revealed to me, but I also know that it's not the final word. Connect with your higher, that's how I take it, is connect with your higher power and see where you're led, but use this as a um, blueprint for your way of living. Take it to your manager, your own conception of God, and see how they would have you apply these principles in all your affairs. Um, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool for all of the the sometimes the hangups about outdated language and sort of well, you know, maybe they'll that put a man on the moon one day. Thanks, Susan. Yeah, for all the things that are outdated, it's it's really cool just to see that practice that I hope to carry out in my life today. Thanks for like. Okay, we will stop the recording. Uh, thank you all who shared.